Good evening, I'm Christian Esguera, and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. So let's start by dissecting the news. A group of Filipino nurses has begun a 10-day countdown to pressure the Department of Health to complete the release of several benefits intended for health workers battling the COVID-19 pandemic at the front lines. For many of our overworked and underpaid nurses, the fact that the group had to resort to this speaks volumes about the kind of treatment they're getting from the government despite their crucial role in this health crisis. Imagine, for instance, a nurse working long hours and earning some 10,000 pesos monthly only. Paying her additional allowance as mandated by law will help, though we can all perhaps agree that she deserves much more. The point is this. There's a budget allocated for their benefits during the pandemic, but why are they not getting them? Is it a problem with red tape, negligence, or worse, government corruption? Now, be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. Joining us tonight is Ms. Jocelyn Andamo. She's the Secretary General of the Filipino Nurses United. Also with us, Dr. Jean Esperos, a board member of the Community Medicine Development Foundation. Good evening and thank you for joining us uh, tonight on the program. Magandang gabi sa ating lahat. Good evening. Magandang gabi rin, Ms. Jocelyn Andamo. Okay. Magandang gabi po. Okay, magandang gabi po sa inyo. I'd like to start with uh, Ms. Jocelyn Andamo. So yeah. you set this 10-day deadline. Kailan ba siya? Kailan ba yung deadline? Kailan matatapos yung deadline? And... Uh, have uh, the health workers, specifically the nurses, begun receiving what they are supposed to receive under this uh, uh, pandemic package of uh, benefits? Opo. Bali, um, sabilang po namin sa ka- aming countdown na nagumpisa ng lunes, mag-end po ito sa September 1. No? Yan yung aming 10 days na countdown. Um, sa ngayon po ay nagmamonitor kami kung nakakatanggap na ba ng SRA. Nagumpisa na po na merong mga nakatanggap pero sa malaking bahagi ng ng mga nurses at mga health workers ay marami pa po ang naghihintay at napakarami pa pong problema mula sa mga areas. Actually, uh, Sir Christian, hanggang ngayon ay nakakatanggap kami ng mga messages uh, humihingi ng tulong kung paano sila makakuha ng SRA. Uh, the fact na sila ay talagang exposed ano? at uh, marami kasing issues dyan sa provisions ng Bayanihan 2 na nagkaroon tuloy ng iba't ibang interpretation kung paano siya i-implement at ang, ang pinaka naapektuhan dito ay ang mga nurses at mga health workers na deserving naman sa mga benepisyo na pinaghirapan at syempre dahil uh, ito ay usapin ng buhay no dahil sa pang-araw-araw na pagpunta natin sa sa mga healthcare facilities sa pag-perform ng mga duties and functions talagang buhay ng mga nurses, mga doktor at manggagawang pangkalusugan ang nakataya dito. Okay, let's uh, let's check the number uh, the numbers first. How many nurses are supposed to receive these benefits? At isa-isahin natin yung mga benefits dapat matanggap nila under the Bayanihan Law. 
Sa aming pag-aaral, although kasi po sa statistics ng gobyerno, medyo conflicting, wala po kasi silang iisang datos. Ano, uh, ang estimate po namin, ang locally employed na nurses sa ngayon, hindi po bababa ng 90,000. No? Pero doon po kasi yun sa HRH data ng Department of Health. Pero kung i-add po natin ang LGU nurses, ay siguro magdagdag po po tayo ng 25,000 to 30,000. So, uh, mga 120,000 sana ang mga nurses na makakatanggap kung talagang padinindigan po ng pamahalaan na lahat ng nurses kasama po ang iba pang manggagawang pangkalusugan ay sana makatanggap ng SRA na ito at iba pang benepisyo na nakasaad sa bayanihan po. So, so base rin sa data nyo, sa bilang ng mga nurses na dapat makatanggap nitong mga benepisyo, ilan ay nakakatanggap? Uh, lalo simula nung nag-set ng... Uh, ng deadline yung grupo nyo at nung nag-order si President Duterte na i-release na to once and for all? Uh, sa bilang, hindi pa po namin masabi. Siguro makakapagbanggit tayo ng mga cases like ka, sa mga private hospitals, mga, mga lalaking pribadong ospital ay hindi pa nakakatanggap. May ilang maliliit na ospital na nakaumpisa na pong nakatanggap pero hindi pa po sila lahat. So uh, kung sa percentage siguro, uh, mga 10% ay malaki na yun, ano? kung sasabihin natin na nakatanggap. Pero largely, talaga pong largely, especially po sa probinsya, ay kaawa-awa dahil wala pa po silang uh, natatanggap kahit reply. No? Kasi po nung August 12, nagumpisa po kami na hikayatin ng mga nurses na magpadala ng email sa DOH. Uh, meron pa pong sinasabi nila hanggang kanina, nag-follow up kami, na kahit reply ay hindi po sila nakakuha ng reply mula sa Department of Health. So yung assurance po, ay kahit assurance na sila ay sana ay inaasikaso at siguruhin na makatanggap, ay nakabitin pa lahat at parang lumalabo pa. So, uh, kaya nga po, ito'y talagang sinasabi natin na uh, nasaan na po ang, ang budget na nakalaan naman ano, dahil nag-alat naman po ang ating pamahalaan para sa mga beneficyo na to. Bali, okay. po, doon sa bayanihan to, bukod po doon sa special risk allowance, malinaw po doon na dapat Uh, makatanggap din ng active hazard duty pay ang mga public health workers at uh, yung uh, mat po na tinatawag meals, accommodation, transportation allowance. This is for uh, both the private and the public uh, health workers naman po yun. And then we have the COVID compensation na kapag magkaroon po ng, magkaroon po ng COVID-19 ang mga nurses and health workers Uh, para sa mild and moderate, mabibigyan po sila ng 15,000 pesos sana at yung sa severe ay 100,000 pesos at saka po para doon sa uh, ayaw namang natin mangyari doon sa nasasawi po, mabibigyan yung pamilya nila ng isang milyon. At meron din pong life insurance dapat na libre para po sa lahat, no yung public and uh, private health workers din po. So, so ang problema ba, hindi na rin natatanggap lahat to? Kung baga... Uh, the, the benefits come in trickles. Is that the situation? Opo. Hindi pa rin po natatanggap. Yung ibang uh, na, nakaumpisa na pong nakatanggap ng SRA, halimbawa po yung September to December, meron pong nakatanggap. Pero from December 20, 2020 hanggang June uh, 30, 2021, wala pa pong natanggap. Before, meron naman pong uh, mula September ay hindi pa rin po nakakatanggap. So, okay. Before I go to Dr. Jean Esperas, I just want to give us, uh, I just want you to give us an idea of how much this actually means in real numbers to an ordinary nurse. 
Kasi okay. for instance, ang isang nurse na pamikita ng 10,000 or 13,000 monthly, napakalit, okay. diba, nakakaawa given the, 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 the hard work that they do. Yes. Okay. So, nari, ang, ang nurse sumesweldo ng 13,000 monthly, magkano sana yung dagdag pag natanggap na na yung SRA tsaka yung Mills and Transportation Allowance? Yun lang muna, yung dalawang bagay na yun. Opo. Medyo nakaka-deceive po kasi pag sinabi ang SRA ay not exceeding 5,000. Pero ang pinag-uusapan po natin, yung 5,000 po nito ay i-divide pa natin by 22 days. Kasi i-divided by 22 days, ang pinag-uusapan lang po natin ay 227 pesos. And then i-multiply pa po natin siya by the number of actual duty days. So ang isang nurse po na nagre-report, hindi niya po na na bubuo yung 22 days po kasi po na-expose siya sa COVID-19 or nagkakasakit siya ng COVID-19. So, she has to go on quarantine. So, ang sinasabi po ng ating mga nurses, usually in a month, mga 14 days lang siya nakakapag-report or 16 days maximum. So, so pag- 16 days, magkano yun? Worth of SRA? Opo. So, pag multiply po natin yan, aabot lang po siya ng a little more than 3,000. Hindi po aabot ng 4,000. So, so ito yung ito yung pinagdidebatihan ngayon kung bakit hindi natatanggap. That, that's per month. Per month. And then if you multiply it siguro po 6 months or 9 months sana, 9 months and a half, hindi po dapat bababa ng 30,000 pesos sana ang matatanggap ng isang nurse kung talagang sineryoso yung computation and tama po. Kaya lang ngayon po ang naririnig natin kung dapat nakatanggap sila ng 30,000 15,000 po ang natanggap nila or 12,000. So, ang dami pong mga issues na ganyan. Bukod pa dun sa interpretation po dahil dun sa phrase na nakalagay sa bayanihan to na only those directly uh, catering to COVID-19 patients. So, uh, ang dami pong interpretation yan. Uh, Sir Christian, halimbawa yung mga nasa OR, nasa DR, operating room or delivery room, hindi sila binibigyan or yung nasa emergency room kasi ang interpretation ng management ay hindi raw sila directly catering to COVID-19 patients. Yung nasa triage, ayaw silang bigyan. So, ang ina-assert po ng FNU dito, dapat bigyan po ang mga nurses and other health workers sa, sa anumang area, no regardless of area assignment because uh, na-confirm naman po ng DOH at ng Senate na ang, ang COVID-19 po is an airborne disease. So, Once you enter the healthcare facility, right. all health workers are at risk. So, deserving nila po ang beneficyo ng special risk allowance at iba okay. pang beneficyo na nakasaad po sa bayanihan too. By the way, for the record, uh, for the benefit of the public, uh, just to inform you guys, we invited the DOH uh, to be part of this conversation, but unfortunately, uh, they're not available to join our discussion tonight. Okay, I'd like to go to uh, Dr. Genis Peros. You have been closely watching... Um, The, the dynamics, the processes at the Department of Health uh, for several years already. Now, in this particular problem that we're facing now, uh, where do you attribute this problem? The fact that many of our medical frontliners, specifically nurses in this case, have not been getting their fair share and what is due them according to the law. Ano ba yung mga nakikita niyong dahilan? Well, in the main for right now, ang pinakamalaking problema ng DOHA leadership poor leadership. You have uh, nasa gitna tayo ng pandemya. At tamay sabi ni Ms. Andamo na lahat ng pumapasok sa isang health facility exposed. You are at risk. 
kaya nga lahat ng health workers may hazard pay kasi yung tinitignan yung health facility whether malaking hospital yan o health center na isang uh, risk uh, mataas yung risk mo this was even before the pandemic so ngayon may pandemya tayo iniisip natin na sa ganitong panahon kung gusto nating hikayatin we want to encourage as many nurses doctors and health workers to come in and join government against this fight in this fight against covid paano mo sila mahihikayat you want to show them na tinatrato kong maayos yung aking mga employed health workers. Pero ano nakikita natin ngayon? Panipis yung description ng dapat tumanggap ng, ng hazard pay, ng special um, risk allowance, na samantalang lahat naman ang pumapasok, may risk talaga. So imagine mo yung mga, imagine natin yung mga nasa labs, yung mga lab technicians at yung kung ano-ano pa, lahat sila ay, lahat sila ay may mga hinihinaharap na mga problema dahil pumapasok sila at risk sila lahat pero hindi mo makikita na sinasama sila kasi ang gusto ng gobyerno yun lang directing nag-handle ng COVID patients eh consider halimbawa natin yung mga nagbabakuna yung mga nagsiscreen sa bakuna hindi naman nila alam kung yung binabakunahan nila o ini-screen nila ay exposed na or asymptomatic carriers and yet they are at risk pero hindi sila sinasama sa special risk allowance so kung ako ay isang health personnel at nag-iisip akong sumama sa gobyerno at nakikita kong naku yung mga empleyado na nga ng gobyerno kailangan pang ano magprotesta para makuha yung yung ano nila paano pa ako sasama ano pa yung magiging dahilan ko para mag-join diba yun ang and, and that is reflective of leadership anong klasing pamumuno yung nakikita natin uh, okay. napaka napaka-reactive hindi proactive napaka-uninspiring hindi mo makikita na may may compassion sa so, yan ang nararamdaman ng maraming health workers ngayon eh. Ina, nakaharap nakaharap tayo sa isang napakamalak napakalaking banta. And yet hindi tayo nakakaramdam ng katiting na compassion mula sa pamunuan ng DOH at lalo ng pamahalang Duterte. So it is a very big problem of leadership and even governance because nalaman nga natin ni 67 billion na uh, um, unused or misused. So, ang laki-laki ng pera. Kung ako ay magsasakripisyo, sa, magsasakripisyo ko, kung nakikita kong lahat nagsasakripisyo at lahat wala talagang ma- makuha. Pero kung nagsasakripisyo ka, tapos makikita mong merong 67 billion na hindi ginamit para sa'yo, that, na dapat ibinigay na sa inyo o ipinaubaya na sa inyo para meron kayong benepisyo, ano mararamdaman talaga? Diba? It, will, it will really break your morale. Okay, it, will, so, so. it will make you think twice and say, nagpapakahirap ako, meron pala ditong pera na dapat ay tinatanggap na naming lahat. At hindi man lang inisip paano efficiently may bibigay sa amin yun. Nakita ko yung mga health workers na kasama ko, yung mga kasama kong health workers, ang, ang daming paperwork. Ah. Can you imagine the paperwork that they have to fill up? Para lang makuha yung SRA na yan. Tapos maghihintay pa sila ng ilang buwan. Now, that's in the middle of doing their duties. So, bakit hindi man lang gawing madali yung proseso yun? Bakit hindi man lang mabigyan lahat? Samantalang lahat naman ay natutuluan. Yung doktor hindi naman makakafunction siya kung wala siyang nurse, midwife, medtech sa, sa isang health center. Sa hospital, hindi magpafunction yan kung kahit yung maintenance person na nag-maintain ng cleanliness ng hospital, hindi tatakbo ang hospital pag wala sila. And yet, they are not considered eligible for such benefits. Why? Yun yung yun yung malaking ano yung malaking palaisipan. Si himayin natin sa isang programa. So, 
Uh, Jocelyn, do you agree that it's a leadership and governance problem at the DOH? Opo, tama po yun. Dahil kitang-kita natin yung malaking kakulangan, uh, incompetence ng uh, Department of Health and the leadership of DOH. Uh, kahit po dun sa hearing, si uh, COA chair pa po ang nagbanggit na kung may problema po kayo dun sa pagre-report or liquidation dahil nakasaad po sa batas, pwede naman po kayong gumawa ng paraan. Isulat nyo lang sa amin kung yan po ang problema. Ibig sabihin kung... May sinseridad po at malasakit, no? malasakit po sa health workers na ito po mga proseso na dadaanan ay hindi nakakayanin dahil nakasubsub po sa trabaho ang mga nurses at ibang manggagawang pangkalusugan. Bakit hindi gawa ng paraan? So ibig sabihin, um, maraming paraan kung talagang gugustuhin para masiguro na ang mga beneficyo ay makarating sa mga deserving na personnel. At yun pong problema sa SRA talaga ay kumbaga triggering factor lang po yan. Precipitating factor. Ibig sabihin, na-compound na po ang maraming issues and concerns ng nurses at ibang health workers na matagal na po namin uh, na-i-relay sa ating pamahalaan, specifically okay. for IATF and through DOH. Okay. At wala pong nakitang konkretong action At marami na rin po kaming dialogue na naisagawa at kailangan pang humantong sa ganitong mga rallies, protest action, at threat po ng mass resignation and malawakang protest action. Dr. Jean, um, we often hear this argument or justification or rationalization coming from uh, certain people in government. They say that uh, this pandemic is very different. There's no playbook when it comes to how we are supposed to deal with this. Can this be used as an excuse? specifically by the DOH for its obvious failure to deliver on this particular responsibility, the responsibility to release the benefits intended for the medical frontliners? I think um, to answer your question, uh, no. In fact, it's the exact opposite. If we are faced with something unfamiliar with, that's where you see real leadership. That's where you should see the people who know how to handle a situation, how to take care of their own people, rise to the occasion. We're seeing the exact opposite. Sa gitna ng pandemyang ito, kung hindi man handa ang pamunuan ng ating pamahalaan, ang isang inaasahan natin sa kanila ay yung magtukoy to identify people who will guide them on the right path. Wala yan hanggang ngayon. Ang nilagay sa leadership natin, mga ex-generals. Right? And two, iniisip natin, we expect them to learn not just from our experience, but from the experience of other countries. Kasi hindi lang naman Pilipinas ang hindi handa. Halos yung buong mundo hindi handa. At makikita natin yung mga bansang mas mahirap pa sa atin, those countries with less resources than we have, having a better way of dealing with the pandemic. Sana natuto tayo ito. And third, yung leadership, one key aspect of leadership really is listening to the people. Makikinig tayo dun sa mga taong pinaka-apektado, yung mga pasyente, yung taong bayan, and yung mga nagpapatakbo ng healthcare system natin, the health personnel. Sila yung dalawang pinakamahalagang papakinggan natin. Bakit? We are in a public health crisis. So these are the people na kailangan nating bantayan. Tignan natin yung mga katuwang mo, yung mga health personnel, at yung mga poprotektahan mo, which is the people. Yun yung dalawa. And yet, in the entire pandemic response, those are the two 
key, key sectors, yung health personnel at yung taong bayan, nang inisang tabi, they were set aside. The public has always been engaged by the DOH and the Duterte government in very disempowering narratives. For instance, okay. last year, sasabihin, uh, huwag kayong pasaway, sumunod na lang kayo sa amin. Diba? Yun yung narrative last year. This year, with, with vaccines, ang narrative is, don't be choosy. We are the experts. Believe in us. You know, in, in those kinds of narratives, the people are not part of the conversation. When in fact, kung gusto talaga nating bantayan at makontrol yung pagkalat ng sakit, the communities should be our partners. Sila yung nagbabantay. They know what to do when, when members of their communities get sick. They know where to go para hindi lahat pumupunta diretso sa hospital. Yan yung mga pinaghahandaan sana natin. Let's people betting themselves. Pero that has never happened. So I think it's a poor, really, really poor excuse for government leadership to say that we aren't prepared for this. Okay. Because uh, speaking, oh, that's, speaking. That's, that's just not, just not, that's a really bad excuse. Okay. Speaking of leadership, we know that this is the second stint of uh, Secretary Duque as mm-hmm. health secretary. But of course, this is the first time that someone like him is actually dealing with a pandemic. Um, parang isn't it quite surprising na Duterte appointed a veteran in, uh, in Secretary Duque to head the health department I, I'm laying this predicate because I want to ask whether is it really more about a problem with leadership or it's because our healthcare capacity, the DOH bureaucracy, have failed to adjust over the years actually to actually improve, to deal with something as big a problem as this now. In short, kahit sinong ilagay mo dyan, because of the structure, the organization, the red tape, and the problematic healthcare system that uh, he or she uh, would inherit, you would be facing the same problems over and over again. Uh, what do you think, attorney, uh, Dr. Jean? Well, yeah, that's that's one way of putting it. Um, the, the pandemic has actually unraveled all of our decades-long problem, the, ne- the, the result of years and years of negligence of our healthcare system and how weak it is. But that's only one side of the equation. Kung maglalagay ka ng isang taong may sapat na kakayanan, may sapat na, na capacity to rally people and say, look, this is what we're going to do. This is what, what the government plan is. Lahat tayo, yung mga nurses natin, yung mga doktor, yung mga health personnel, alam ko anong mangyayari, anong gagawin. Yung taong bayan, alam ko anong gagawin. If you can have someone like that to lead the pandemic response, kahit weak yung government healthcare system natin, we will have a good fighting chance. Now, the problem is, when you look at how the health secretary comports himself during press conferences with the, with the president, I mean, ako, nagre-react ako, sabi ko, yung mga estudyante namin, mas magaling pang mag-endorse sa mga, sa mga classes kaysa yung ginagawa ni Secretary Duque with, with the president. I mean, it is so bad. He would, he would come up with numbers that are really not relevant because those are not decision points for the president. In fact, the president should be relying on him to give uh, advice on what decisions need to be made, what aspects of the pandemic response are important at specific junctures of our fight. We don't expect the president to have a full grasp of it. But siya bilang yung health secretary, sana siya yung nagsasabi, uh, Presidente, ito po yung gagawin natin, ito yung mga kailangang aksyonan. Ito po. He has to be that kind of a leader. Hindi eh. 
Pero 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 natin let me... sa press conference para siyang okay po ba 'yon? <laughs> para naghihingi naghihintay ng validation doon sa presidente which is really really rather pathetic. <laughs> ano ba yan? is is that a problem uh, entirely with Secretary Duque or can you also pin that on the president himself that because there might be certain dynamics within his inner circle well it's so the... that he prefers to listen more not to secretary duque but to some other people within his inner circle but if i was the secretary of health and the president would rather listen to somebody else than me at a time when we're faced with a public health crisis of which i have the best say then i would quit okay then he has to assign someone who he will listen to because i would i would rather not be there and make up excuses for the utter failure that 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 we are okay. kasi siya dapat yung nagdidikta noon kung hindi makikinig sa kanya si Duterte dahil nga siguro si Duterte is macho meron siyang sariling diskarte niya sure kung kung ikaw ay ay may integridad pa magquit ka na kasi wala kang magiging silbi doon kung hindi decorative piece for the wrong policies that this government is going to make. And at the end of the day, you might even be a lackey. You're going to be just another scapegoat in, in, in what has happened. So, kung, kung matino siyang leader, yun yung una niyang iisipin eh. Ano pang ginagawa ko dito kung hindi ko mapoprotektahan ng taong bayan at ang kapwa ko, health workers, sa gitna ng pandemya ito? Kung wala akong silbi sa kanilang dalawa, Okay. Kung wala akong silbi sa mga health workers, hindi ko sila matulungan, lalong wala akong silbi sa taong ba, ano pa silbi ko? Okay. Uh, we're going to expand on that point that you raised, but in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. After the fact, we'll be right back. Welcome back to After the Facts. Still with us is Ms. Jocelyn Andama. She's the um, Secretary General of the Filipino Nurses United, or Andamo rather, I'm sorry for that. And Dr. Genis Peros, a uh, member of the Community Medicine Development Foundation. Okay, uh, Ms. Jocelyn, I'd like you. I'd like to ask you about uh, Secretary Duque before we took a break. Uh, Dr. Genis Peros mm-hmm. made this very passionate and compelling okay. argument for him to go. Do you agree mm-hmm. that uh, Secretary Duque uh, indeed has to go? Uh, sa Filipino Nurses United, yan po ang naririnig namin na matagal na, no? last year pa. Dahil po uh, sa makikita natin na ito ay uh, gross neglect na no? sa, sa nangyayari dahil maraming pwedeng nagawa sana ng ating pamahalaan through Department of Health para nasa, nasa wata natin ang pandemya na ito. So ito ay nag-cause ng miserabling kalagayan ng ating mga kababayan no economically at saka in terms of health sa tingin namin mas marami sanang naligtas na buhay kung merong comprehensive at sapat na pandemic response ang ating pamahalaan at iyan ay uh, aminado naman ang BOH na sila ang primary na ahensya na in charge sana dito sa Uh, raging pandemic na ito at nakita natin na magdadalawang taon na pero patuloy pa rin ang paglala no? sa, sa number of cases pa lang at uh, ang nakakasakit ng loob uh, yung mismong mga frontline health workers ay hindi man lang natin nakita 
na inaalagaan nila para siguruhin na husto, no? adequate at uh, ser- ang serbisyo para sa ating mga tao. At sapat naman ang budget, hindi naman problema dahil sa napakalaki ng budget na narilease, ang laki ng inutang ng ating pamahalaan, trilyon-trilyon, pero parang hindi naman naramdaman ng ating mga kababayan kahit man lang sana may libreng mask no? or Ah, uh, syempre kailangan yung libreng pagpapa-ospital, libreng serbisyong pangkalusugan at babalik tayo doon sa uh, nabanggit nyo kanina na kakaibaba ang pandemya na ito, hindi prepared ang ating pamahalaan. Pero alam naman natin na sa kahit na anong infection control, merong core may core uh, measures diyan. Isa lang hindi nagbabago sa kahit na anong mang infection, ano. Uh, alam nila na dapat, syempre, ang primary diyan ay Um, early case detection, isolation and treatment, no? Syempre yung quarantine. Pero yan hanggang ngayon isinisigaw namin, no? Meron nga kaming coalition, yung Coalition for People's Right to Health na sinasabi, sinasabi namin na dapat lapat ibig sabihin kasama diyan yung uh, malawakang testing na never tayong nakaabot dun sa sapat na testing. Kailangan yung ma- maagap, aggressive, systematic na contact tracing na never natin naabot yung sapat na tracing. Laging anim lang na katumbas ay isang household. Dapat sana ay 37. At yung syempre yung sapat na pagbabakuna, dapat sapat na ayuda sa ating mga kababayan at pagtaas ng kapasidad ng ating sistemang pangkalusugan. Yan napaka-basic. Yan ay dapat nagagawa ng kahit sino mang pamahalaan, mahirap man o mayaman, kaya yan. Huwag nating iasa sa mga uh, yung responsibilidad na sinasabi natin sa mga kababayan natin magsuot ng face, face mask, face shield, mag uh, frequent and proper hand washing. Totoo 'yun, kailangan 'yun. Responsibilidad 'yun ng ating mga kababayan. But what is the major responsibility? What is the obligation? It is the major responsibility of the state to ensure the healthcare for our people na accessible siya, libre, lalong-lalo na ngayong panahon ng uh, sinasabi nating public health emergency. And we have the resources. Okay, hey, Dr. Genius, pero I'd like to ask you about that para ma- ma- maisara natin yung discussion regarding uh, Secretary uh, Duque. Of course, both of you are saying that he needs to go. Uh, but wouldn't it do more harm than good to change secretaries, or as they say, to change forces in the middle of the race? Well, I, I make no bones about it. That uh, my position is Um, you cannot win a horse race if you bet on a mule. Um, sinasabi nila na delikado magpalit ng Secretary of Health dahil uh, baka ma-distract yung buong system. Pero I would rather have somebody na meron talagang gagawin kesa yung Secretary of Health natin ngayon na napaka-reactive na naghihintay na parang disuse bago siya uh, kumilos. Pangalawa, I would rather hedge my bet on somebody who shows compassion to the people representing the Department of Health. And that includes the rank and file. But more importantly, lahat ng health workers sa buong public healthcare system, kinakatawan niya yan. And right now, sabi nga ni Ms. Andamo, hindi tayo nakakaramdam nang nikatiting na nakompasyon at pangangalaga mula sa liderato niya. Ang lagi nating naririnig 
ay mga excuse bakit hindi ito nagawa? Bakit hindi yun nagawa? Kung yung kanina sinasabi ni Ms. Andamo na even those who died, unfortunately, during the fight against COVID, they should have received a million. Di ba ang tagal bago nila natanggap yun? Kung hindi pa may nag-alborot at sinabing wala, wala silang natatanggap, hindi pa a-actionan yan. And those are people who already sacrificed their lives. Di ba ito ano, problema? Dr. G, let's talk about the problem of the absorptive capacity of the Department of Health. Um, why do you think this is the case? After so many years, um, there's still a problem when it comes to spending money that is allocated in one big department. It's it's that that would require maybe a really really long answer. Sorry, but but to be to go straight to the heart of the matter, there is a problem with bureaucracy within the Department of Health, and they know it. Um, bureaus within the department are working like silos, independent of each other. Now, um, there was a time, a very short time, na na. Uh, nung may secretary felt na nagdara siya ng sarili niyang team, medyo tumakbo yan ng maayos. Pero for the longest time, hindi yan, hindi yan napapat, na, napapatakbo ng maayos. At nakikita nga natin, halos periodically, nagririgodon dyan sa loob ng DOH. Yung mga bureau heads, nilipat-lipat. That's a problem that must be dealt with immediately, even if we appoint a new secretary of health. But even doing that would be a step in the right direction rather than suffering the insufferable failures that we have right now, which is uh, continuing to fail to address both, both the needs of our people and those who care for them, our health personnel. Doon sa dalawang failures na yun, talagang ang hirap na nating sabihin na we can move on with this kind of leadership. Kasi ano pa yung mawawala sa atin? nagte-threaten na, na yung mga health workers natin na titigil muna sila dahil hindi na nila kinakaya. On the other hand, dumadami yung cases natin ng COVID, dumadami yung namamatay, hindi nabibilang on time yung mga nagkakasakit at namamatay. We're failing on two fronts, two essential fronts that we need to to take care of in this in this fight against COVID. So ano pa natitira sa atin? Ano pa ang pwede nang ipagmalaki ngayon ng DOH na nagagawa nila ng tama? Okay. Meron siguro maliliit. Mm. Pero kung tutuusin natin yung malaki, ang laki-laki ng pangangailangan ngayon. Now, ang isang tinatanong nga palagi, is it too, is it too late? Marami. It's never too late if we start now. If okay. we do what needs to be done now. Okay. But somebody has to make that decision. Okay. Somebody has to say, look, enough is enough. Kailangan gawin na natin ito ngayon na dahil kung magpapatuloy yung ganitong sitwasyon, nagsalat na salat tayo sa wastong leadership pamumuno, eh talagang marami pang buhay ang masasayang, hindi lamang okay, okay. sa mga Pilipino, kundi sa mga health personnel din natin. Justin, I'd like to ask about the threat uh, made by certain uh, health workers, including nurses, uh, not long ago. Uh, they threatened to resign, to step down, perhaps out of desperation, out of exhaustion. Yes. Out of disappointment, how many have actually done so? Um, sa ngayon talagang ta- uh, tama yung sinabi mo, no? Out of desperation, frustration, exhaustion, talagang tuloy-tuloy po yan, no? With the 
with the continuing surge ng COVID-19 at um, mga resignation po at saka yung early retirement ay nagumpisa na mula last year pa. At sa ngayon ay nararamdaman natin um, patuloy na pagre-resign. Actually, sa private hospitals, nabanggit po nila yung association nila na 40% of our private sector nurses have resigned already. At sa, sa public po, wala po kami eksaktong data pero hindi po talaga maikakaila napatuloy po ang nagre-resign ang mga nurses at iba pang mga health workers uh, dahil po sa sa sobrang risk ng uh, COVID-19 na to napatuloy na hindi natin nasasawata at bukod pa doon ay yung sobrang uh, bigat po ng trabaho dahil sa dami ng patients okay. at sa understaffing po na nararanasan natin itong chronic understaffing na nangyayari even before the pandemic, pero hindi po kasi nasolusyonan ng department. Kasi i-incompare natin yung situation ng private nurse at a nurse working in a government facility para magkaroon ng idea yung mga nanood sa atin kung gano'n ba kaganda or sana maganda or gano'n ka kasama yung situation. For example, how much does a typical nurse earn mm-hmm. working in a private hospital and one who works in a government uh, facility? Tapos, di ba meron tayong ano dyan, yung uh, the nursing act, basically, uh, which um, perhaps uh, it guarantees an increase, correct me if I'm wrong, in the salary of nurses. Talk about, uh, talk to us about that. Sa wages. Sa, sa wage po, uh, yung mga private sector nurses natin, kahit sa, sa DOLE website, sinasabi po on the national average, uh, nakaka-receive po ang ating mga nurses ng 10,000 pesos per month. Ang pinakamababa, Minsan, umaabot pa kahit 7,000 dito mismo sa NCR, no? ganun po kababa. Supposedly, kung ang employer po ay sumusunod sa minimum wage law, uh, nakakatanggap sila ng 12,000 pesos per month. Pero hindi po lahat po kasi sumusunod sa, sa batas. So marami pong nurses ang nakakatanggap pa ng talagang napakababa. At kung tutusin, uh, ang take-home pay nila mas mababa pa sa 12,000 dahil sa maraming deductions. No? Private sa, or uh, public nurse? Yan po sa private, private. private sector. Kaya napakaliit po niyan. Eh samantalang ang ating family living wage ay 31,000 pesos per month na or mahigit pa according to Ibon uh, Foundation. Pero sa sa government po, uh, nag-increase po sila. Supposedly yung entry level salary ay salary grade 15. Ang equivalent po niyan ay uh, 32,000 last year. no Pero hindi po na-implement yan sa lahat ng institution lalo na sa local government government units. Siyempre po, ang justification palagi ay hindi kaya, walang financial capacity. So, yung iba po uh, siguro ng depart- uh, DOH retained hospitals ay naranasan nila. Although, ang problema po natin, in-exclude po kasi ng DBM ang mga job order nurses. Pero malaking porsyento po ng mga nurses natin ay job orders, no? Both po dito sa Manila at kahit po sa mga probinsya. So, malaking bahagi po talaga ng mga nurses natin ay hindi nakakakuha ng sabihin natin just living wage na mabubu- kaya nilang buhayin ang kanilang mga pamilya. Pero technically, hindi ba problema talaga yan? Uh, paano ka makakover ng standard, salary standardization kung job order ka? Di ba dapat irregularize ka muna? Correct. Yan nga po ang panawagan namin na dapat ang mga job order nurses, lahat sila ay dapat ma-regularize na. Kasi ang sabi rin po sa batas, ano, 
ang ang pwedeng job order lang yung mga piece na work no? like yung pakyawan or like yung engineer works hindi makak pwedeng gumana ang isang industry nang wala yung performance ng duty pero ang isang nurse ay ang nurses ay ano no Uh, ang functions niya ay vital and essential. So, ibig sabihin, hindi dapat job order or contractual ang isang nurse. Dapat regular o permanent ang kanyang positions. At yan po ay matagal na namin pinapanawagan. Lalo na ngayong pandemya. No? Kaya sinasabi rin ni Dr. Jean, paano ba natin may encourage ang mga nurses and other health workers to stay kung hindi naman nila nakikita na inaalagaan sila. And, and primary po yung mga nurses, kaya lalo silang na pa uh, umaalis no natutulak na umalis sa either sa profession or sa bansa man natin dahil basic uh, problem po yan na napakababa na ng wage at uh, napaka inhumane na po ang work conditions dahil sa tindi ng understaffing severe na po chronic pa sa dami po ng ano no ng workload yeah masakit no severe and chronic <laughs> yes okay, po finally, talaga ang realidad uh, ng nursing okay. profession kaya po uh, nabuo rin yung Filipino Nurses United dahil po okay. sa uh, mga issues na to and concerns na matagal na pong hindi natutugunan at uh, dugtong ko rin po doon sa healthcare system na nabanggit niyo no kasi yung health po bilang isang basic social services was not uh, Uh, a priority of any government or administration. Okay. Pero dito po sa pandemya, na-test natin, no? na-test lalo and na-highlight ang kakulangan ng ating pamahalaan sa batayang uh, serbisyo tulad ng sa kalusugan. Okay. Finally, uh, Dr. Genes Peros, talk to us about the, the the situation that we're having now. Uh, we're, we're hearing this uh, in different areas. Different LGUs expanding their bed capacities, their isolation facilities. But there's a problem that is somehow being missed or failed to address. Uh, I'm talking about the problem of manpower. You yeah. may expand the bed capacity, but there are still not enough uh, frontliners to man those stations. All right. So, well, sabi nga ni Ms. Andamo, it's not the lack of nurses per se, but it's the refusal of government to hire them. Yung last datos natin is a government nurse is doing the work of three nurses because government is only hiring a third of what it really needs to actually have uh, an adequate uh, nurse-to-patient ratio. Mas malala pa nga yan kung nasa, ano ka, nasa LGU ka. May mga LGU yung nagre-report sa amin na tinang, yung, yung nurse deployment program, isa pa yan, ano? yung DOH nagpapadala sa LGU as a deployment, part ng deployment program nila, two years lang. Dahil deployment, contractual, mas mababa yan kesa dun sa sinasabi ni Ms. Andamo kanina na entry level, salary grade uh, 15 ba yun, uh, Ms. Andamo, na dapat nasa 30,000. Yes. Mas mababa pa. You imagine deployed nurses earning more or less 20,000, palagay na natin dahil sa government yan. Pero contractual sila. May mga areas pa dyan na hindi na sila hinire after two years. Ngayon, dahil may problema sa pandemic, hinahire sila para taga-bakuna naman. Mas mababa yung rako, not as nurses, but as vaccinators. Oo. So, imagine mo, nurse ka, dapat hinahire ka bilang nurse, pero dahil nagtitipid, hinahire ka ngayon as vaccinator. Mas mababa ang swedo. Ganon yung treatment. Now, that is in government. Kanina tinanong mo, Christian, ano ba yung isang malaking difference? Bukod kasi sa Nursing Act, ang mga health workers natin covered by the Magna Carta of health workers, yeah. right, of public health workers. So, meron silang additional benefits aside from uh, security of tenure kung maging regular sila. Pero yun na nga, ayaw nga ng gobyerno magdagdag ng regular. Tapos sa local government naman, 
under sila ng ano ng mercy ng ano ng uh, local chief executive like what happened in Cebu right before the pandemic the governor decided to remove half the doctors and nurses under her payroll because she thought she had too many doctors and nurses oh ay ngayon nagka-pandemya kulang na kulang ngayon sila naghahanap sa, okay. sa private nakakaawa kasi nga uh, wala na silang security kahit malaking hospital yan, tinitipid sila kasi alam na maraming nurses na walang trabaho. Kaya hindi ka magugulat na may mga nurses who would rather work in a call center because they would be earning more in a call center rather than being a nurse and following their, their careers. In fact, mayroon nakakalungkot na kwento yung isang kasamang doktor, pin, nasa, nagtatrabaho sa, isa, sa isang pribadong hospital. Sabi ng mga nurses sa kanya, Dok, thank you ha. Sabi niya, bakit kayo nagtitank you sa akin? Sabi ng mga nurses, kasi po, pag nandito kayo, marami kaming pasyente. At pag marami silang pasyente, nadadagdagan sila. Kumbaga, nag, uh, ano, on, on a day-to-day basis pala sila. Pag walang pasyente, ganito karaming nurses lang ang, ang pinapapasok. Yung iba sa bahay lang muna. Pag maraming pasyente, nagdadagdag. Can you imagine a nurse okay. working on a day-to-day basis? It's, okay. it's Unfortunately, Dr. Jean, we don't have much time anymore. Yeah, sorry. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Jean. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh, Ms. Jocelyn Andamo for joining us tonight. It's been... Um, very depressing uh, discussion in large part but i hope something good comes out of efforts coming from your groups to somehow improve the situation uh, today thank you very thank much you. for joining us tonight thank you so thank much you, thank you. for inviting us okay so that's it for tonight this has been your host christian esguera you can watch this episode again on i want tfc or listen to our podcast on spotify now for recaps and other exclusive content subscribe to the anc youtube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again on Monday after the fact.